So I grew up uh, in Floral Park. Uh, my parish was uh, Our Lady of Victory. And uh, right there on the, on the Queen's border. So uh, one of the practical effects of that in terms of the church was we used to get priest help. Uh, we had the regular parish priest, but then we had priests from uh, St. John's University who would often come in pretty much every weekend and take a couple of masses. We also had some priests from uh, Fordham because it was just kind of proximity to the city. So we had the Vincentian priests from St. John's and the Jesuits from Fordham. There was this one priest uh, who seemed like he was there forever. Um, we used to pray that we wouldn't get him uh, for Mass. He, um, he was just painfully boring, like really, really boring. Very scholarly guy, but we never knew what he was talking about. Um, I don't know what he taught, but he was clearly a you know, smart guy, brilliant guy. But nobody, nobody really knew what, where he was going or what he was talking about. So it was brutal. I mean, it was really painful. It was like root canal in the pews. It was just, it was tough. Um, he used to talk about language a lot, like all the time, uh, words. He'd pick a word or two from the readings, and he'd go on forever about what the word meant, and its origin, the Greek, or the, whether it was from Hebrew, or Latin translations, or maybe you know the original Aramaic, which is what Jesus spoke, but he'd go crazy talking about language. So in the beginning of Mass, like they would, you know, they would announce, uh, you know, please stand, and our, our celebrant is this priest, they'd, they'd name him, and I swear you'd get this like collective groan from the people. That's why we don't announce names down here. I couldn't bear the thought of hearing the groan. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember when I was in the seminary, I kind of made this promise to myself. I said, well, if I, if, I, if I get ordained and I am a priest, I promise I'm never gonna do that. I'm just never gonna go crazy about words and language and translations. Um, and now I'm gonna break the promise uh, <laughs> because I just kind of want to talk about a, a couple of words uh, from these readings really two words, I guess, and they're totally connected. Uh, prophet, the understanding of what a prophet is or should be, and apostle. Um, we hear from this guy, Amos, who was called to be a prophet. Apostles are sent out to prophesy. So the the word apostle comes from the Greek, and it's basically, it's one who was sent forth, a messenger. Prophet, it's kind of very similar. Prophet is a speaker for God. So a speaker for God who was called by God and sent forth to talk about God. I mean, even in the word apostle, P-O-S-T, post, as in post office, like a, post, a postman, they're carriers. They carry 
messages, right? They deliver information. So what we're talking about are carriers, carriers of God's word. Maybe another way of looking at it is just God messengers. That's what these readings are talking about, God messengers. Amos, he was this poor, unsophisticated shepherd. He had no resume at all, no background at all to be a prophet. Totally unqualified. But that doesn't seem to matter to God. And I think that's an important thing for us to remember. It doesn't matter to God. When we think we're unqualified, very simply what he does is he qualifies us. He makes us qualified. He gives us what we lack. And then we become God messengers. Didn't matter to Jesus either. Think of the people he picked. None of them went to school to be prophets or apostles. Peter fished. Matthew worked for the government, collected taxes. They weren't qualified, but it doesn't matter. He qualified them as well, and he does the same for us. He sends us all to be God messengers. And I think what we often think is, well, I'm not qualified. It's not really my place. I'm not going to talk about God in the world, to the world. Well, that's sad. And it's a mistake. And it's anti-gospel. So I think if they were all sent, it means we are too. So the question for tonight, or a question, would be this. Presuming I'm right about all of that, like we're all sent, unqualified isn't an excuse. Then where does he want me to go? To whom do I need to be prophetic? Who do I need to speak to? Like, to whom do I need to be a God messenger? Like, that's a really important question. Because if we're not asking it, I suspect we're not doing it. And if we're not doing it, then we sort of slam the, the book on tonight's gospel. Who do we need to talk to about him? A couple of days ago, I was uh, running here on the boardwalk. And this was, uh, well, a little down west a bit. And you know, the, like the booths for the, uh, the beach passes? I was running by one of them. And it's, you know, usually kids working, younger kids working, working the booth. Uh, in this case, it wasn't. It was a, an older person. Um, and I, anyway, I didn't, I just about noticed that. I, I, could just, I knew it wasn't a kid. And I'm, as I'm running by, running east, it was like one of these like just perfect timing things. The guy was standing on, on my right, and this kid is kind of walking toward me, almost like crossing over the boardwalk, sort of the traffic, and he's making his way toward this guy. 
And just as I was passing, he reaches this guy, and I hear him, the kid. The kid was maybe 14. And he said, um, Mr. or Sir, would you tell my friend to stop making fun of me? He keeps telling me I'm retarded. And I was just, like he said that in one second. And it was the second I, ha I heard it. And I was kind of struck by it. I was like, what? Like, what was that about? And I did a quick look at the kid, and I, I kind of then replayed like what he said and the way he said it. And I was like, this didn't seem to be anything different about this kid at all. So I was just sort of struck by it. I was like, a strange, like, why would he go over to this guy and say that? Anyway, I, but I was running, so I just, I heard it. I was a little confused by it, but I kept going, and that was it. I never waited for the, a response from the, from the gentleman. I could just, I just saw him almost peripherally. I knew he wasn't a kid. Anyway, that was that. The next day, I'm out running again, and I pass by the same booth. And this time, I saw the man who worked there. I... I saw him from a distance, and then I could hear him talking to somebody else. And it was very obvious at that point that this guy had special needs. And then I thought about the day before, and I thought about this kid's question. And then I, I think I know what was going on. I think this kid was mocking that man. This kid knew that he had special needs and he was trying to humiliate him. And I can't prove that, but I think that's what was going on. And I, as I'm running by and I, I, on day two and I, now I kind of see this guy and I'm starting to think about yesterday and I, I became kind of like enraged. <laughs> Like, I wanted to find that kid. And I was annoyed at myself that I didn't piece it together on day one, because I would have I done something. I would have said something. But you know what? I'm not so sure I would have said the right thing or done the right thing. If I had realized all that, I would have wanted to grab the kid and fling him off over the side of the rail. And I know I couldn't do that but I probably would have gotten very in his face and said to him, don't you ever treat a person like that. And that wouldn't be incorrect. And maybe that's what that kid, if I'm right, needed and needs to hear. But I don't know, maybe it's a little bit more complicated. Not the wrongness of what he did, but maybe the, the situation with the kid is a little bit more complicated. And what I mean by that is, I don't know the kid, and I don't know where the kid comes from. Maybe the kid lives in a house where his father is a bully. His father humiliates people all the time. Maybe he speaks to his mother in thoroughly disrespectful, condescending ways. So this kid thinks being a bully, being a mean bully is kind of okay. Or maybe the kid's mother posts things online 
in sort of gossipy, vicious ways that are like appalling, shocking, trashing people, spreading horrible rumors about people. And maybe the mother thinks that's sort of okay because she's got the power to do it. It's disgraceful. It's sinful. And this kid sees that all the time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any of this. Maybe some of that is true. And maybe nobody ever, maybe that kid never had a, a God messenger in his life. Maybe nobody ever said to him, you'd never speak to a person that way. A person, a person who's vulnerable, a person who's weak. How could you possibly mock that? How could you possibly make a joke of that? Like, you could never do that. Kids who grew up in houses with God messengers, well, they know that. Hey, and sometimes when they do grow up in, in houses with God messengers, they still do that. I know. Spend a half hour in a cafeteria or in a middle school or on a bus in a high school, and you, you get that similar kind of ugliness at times, cruelty. But maybe this kid never heard truth. Maybe the people who were supposed to be prophetic, who were supposed to be God messengers, never were. And maybe the message that kid got and gets is the opposite. They're not God messengers, they're dark messages. And that's why that kid was so terrible on that boardwalk. You know, like the, you know, the concept of original sin? You know, it's this belief that, yeah, like we're, we're born sort of with a defect, like a, like a, like a, a moral defect because of the reality of original sin. Some theologians speak of it, they call it an original emptiness. I like that. Like we're born with this, originally with this emptiness. And how we fill up the empty is with Christ. So we are christened, we're baptized. And that's the beginning of it. And then hopefully in the course of the life we've been given, we've got God messengers, we've got apostles, we've got prophets in our ear. So we kind of flush out that original emptiness, but it's there. So when we don't hear God messengers, that becomes a scary thing because this original emptiness is real. Original sin is not just some ancient concept that we learned about in grade school and it doesn't mean anything anymore. It certainly does. I was watching this this morning, this video, I was watching the news and there was this video of, it looked like it was like a camera from somebody's like door, you know, that ring bell kind of stuff, like a security camera. And it was a, a little kid, maybe a six-year-old, and he's on a scooter in the front of his house. And there's a woman, looks like his mother, I guess, she's on a bike. She's sort of on, in the street, and the kid is right on the, on the sidewalk. And the, in the video, the kid gets off his bike and the mother stops her bike and she waits for him. He gets off his bike and he walks over to the lawn. And on the lawn, there's, a, there's an American flag. You know, like a three-foot American flag. And this little boy picks it up and he just throws it on the ground. So you're like stunned when you see that. And there was even more awful. 
is the non-reaction of the mother. Like she stopped, she waited for him to toss the flag, get on his scooter, and they resumed the bike ride. You know, we're not born knowing to respect the flag. <laughs> That's not something we're born with. That's something we're taught or not. Depends on the messages we've got and the messages we hear. So I just think this prophecy thing is huge. You, know, you hear, oh, I'm supposed to be a prophet. And most of, most of us like, we back away. Like, that's crazy. I'm not a prophet. I don't want to be a prophet. Yeah, neither did Amos. Nobody wants to be prophetic. Nobody really wants to be a God messenger because it's usually tough. So you got this guy, Amos. Well, he's us. Yeah, not really qualified. Not really prepared. But that doesn't mean anything to God. All God knows is, I want you to go speak my truth. We don't do it the same way. There's a couple of hundred people out here. There's probably a couple of hundred different ways. Depends on who we are, where we're at the context, the circumstances of our lives. But what's not up for debate is where you're all supposed to be messengers. You know, it's interesting, like you talk, we talk about church. We go to church, right? Yeah, I, I, got, I gotta go to church. You know, church really shouldn't be a place we go to. It should be the place where we're sent from. I go to church and then I'm sent out. It's like, why should we go to church? Well, it's the place we come to fill the tank. Particularly when we're running on empty. So once we get fueled up, we go out. You got the road trip. We got places to go and people to see and things to say. Well, I go to church, and then I go to the bakery. Good. Well, go into the bakery as a God messenger. Or I, after, after the church, I, I go over to Kohl's. Go. But go as a Christian. I go to the beach usually after mass. Awesome. Well, be a God messenger on the beach. Go to those places where God wants us to be. Where does he want you to be?